Welcome to Ngahire Talks, the show where we talk about, nah, we don't even know yet. We're just trying to figure it out, but come along for the journey. This is season one, the pre-season. Well, Morena, um, welcome to episode number two of Ngahere Talks, our brand new podcast. My name is Manawa, I am your host today, and today I have with me Nick Manarangi. Did I say your name right, bro? Hi. Oh, kia ora, Nick, kia ora. welcome to the show. I just met Nick for the very first time about five minutes ago, I reckon. Yep. Outside, other than a couple of messages through LinkedIn and, and whatnot to set this meeting up. So welcome to the show, Nick. Thanks for having me, thanks for having it's, me. It's Cheers. awesome to have you. How was the train ride over this morning? It's wicked, man. Auckland Transport's, you know, we do bag it out a lot. Um... Compared to where it was 10, 15 years ago, I think we should be pretty proud with it. But um, from Pamio down to here, it was pretty sweet, eh? Awesome. Shout out to Auckland Transport. Shout out. Sponsor? Sponsor? Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, eh? Maybe. So I thought what if we'd do listening. today. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I thought what we'd do today, since we haven't actually like had mm. a good court at all before, we might as well make a podcast about how to have a chat yep. when you want to hit someone up or mm. someone wants to hit you up. Mm. How do you manage that first conversation to get it, get the most out of it for both mm. you and the other person? So I thought we'd do that today while we actually do it live and catch up. So the first thing is like... Finding people that you want to catch up with. Yeah. Um, why did you want to, like you reached out to me, I think, yep. on LinkedIn. Yep. Why was that? It was a, a, quite a specific purpose here because everything that you guys are doing here is something that I thought about two years ago for mean. our area in Tamaki. Um, two years ago, I started my own consultancy, went from full-time over to starting business, and the type of person I am, you know, loads of ideas running through the head. Um my business consultant told me, like, come on, you gotta, you got to pick one thing and kind of, you know, <laughs> let's go with that one first, and if that one works, then, then we can ask, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. But, um, no, look, everything you guys are doing here with the, with the social space, with the community, um, with this, this digital stuff, you know, working with rangatahi, it was like, yeah, it was, it was like, I've, I've got a whole bunch of notes about it, and it was like you guys were, like, in the same room as me or something, or I've just kind of, like... So it, it really resonated with me, and I was like, is it cool if we can have a catch-up? Because this this whole co-papa is wicked. Awesome. Mm. That's so cool. Tell yeah. us, before we move on, what, a sure, little sure, bit sure. about your consultancy. Yeah, What's so it called? What do you do? How long have you been in it for? Yeah, 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 cool. So I've come from, did a whole bunch of travelling. In 2015, I moved back to Auckland with my wife. We were living in London at, at the time. I was there for two years with two kids. Moved them back. And uh, around about that time, I was getting a bit, I'd say, ho-ha with my job, you know. Um, I know that feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say everyone should go out there and, and um, say, say laters to your boss and go start your own business. But I was kind of in that area where I was like, I'd like to do something for myself. And um, I just started doing digital marketing. So it's all that online world, Google and, you know, online ads and search engine and stuff, which I was kind of doing a little bit about that in, in London, but not really to the, de- to the degree that I'm doing it right now. So I decided just to go all in. Course, awesome. Courses, books, videos, you know, have to invest in yourself. Yep. Um, and just go all in. And then I just started working for free mm. after I got like a bit of a, you know, you've got to be not an expert, but you have to know what you're doing. So I started doing a whole bunch of stuff for free around the community with uh, local businesses and dentists awesome. and accountants and they gave me reviews and then I had that confidence to go to my first client and say, hey, this is what I can do for you and this is how much it's going to cost. 
That's so cool. What's your consultancy called? It's just Nick Manarangi Consultancy at the moment. But yeah. Choice. Keeping it simple. That's cool because we're working on digital marketing right now. So I can yeah, already cool. see I've got heaps of things I want to talk to you about as well. So Absolutely. we'll see where this cool it all goes. Cool. Um, okay, sweet as. So the second thing after that, once you've locked in a meeting, is yeah. to actually prepare for the meeting so that you show up and you get the most out of it. Sure. Um, the thing that I always think about is what do I want to get out of the meeting today? Mm. Uh, one of the things I've started doing is we get hit up quite a bit now, which is a cool thing. It's quite flattering, but it's hard to manage. Mm. Um, and so one of the things I've started doing with a lot of people is I just give them a 15-minute video call up front. Okay. And the only thing I'm trying to do out of that 15 minutes is suss them out and find out if I if I want to go any further with them sure. on a on just a like surface level, mm, and mm, then beyond mm. then I can decide either like nah it's you're just going to waste my time or yep. yep there's something here let's do it. You have to do that. So how did you like prepare for today? Because you told me just before that you got a list of questions. Like how do you prepare for your your meetings? Uh, I wish it was a little bit more uh, structured, <laughs> and I've got like a piece of paper here. It's all in here. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, he pointed like, to his head. Yeah, I'm pointing <laughs> to my head here. Um, I come to meetings and I, if I feel like there is something that I can, I can offer, you know, in exchange for some of the some of the knowledge and some of the corridor here, then I think I'll, I'm I'm in a good position to come to a meeting. If I if I kind of come to a meeting, I think I don't think I don't have anything to offer here. I probably wouldn't have that meeting. Mm. So in terms of you know going back to what I said about. When I found out about you guys, I was thinking to myself, "Wow, you know, there is so much I could learn here. I just want to learn about how you guys started off and all that, all that kind of stuff. And if there's anything that that I can give as well mm. in exchange, I think it'll be a, you know, a good exchange of of, of knowledge." Yeah, awesome. That's a really good tip, I reckon. Straight up, I know a mm. lot of people that just run into meetings blind. They don't put any thought into it. Don't it's think about carrying a, value themselves. Not a great strategy. Nah, it's not a not long term. Like you said, it's wasting other people's time. I'm not here to waste your time. Uh, I do think I've I've got a lot of value that that I can give, and then and then hopefully in exchange we can kind of have that corded or you know, it doesn't have to be a monetary thing or it doesn't have to be a a, a deal, mm. so to speak. It's all about exchange or value, and that person's going to rem- remember you for next time as well. So it's always setting up for the long term, yeah, and not just a one-off meeting. Yeah, mm. awesome, mm. cool man. So step number three. Yeah. Me personally, I always like to listen first. I um. I don't like to be the one. I learned this from my koro and my mum. Mm. They they modelled that for me. They always tell me to shut up. Sit down, shut up and wait. And I think there's some sides of that where I'm like, you need to grow out of that and you need to share your opinion. But I think what I learned the most is be, able to be good at listening and hearing what other people have to say. And actually it buys you time to suss them out. You can see, uh, you can tell a lot by what a person says and what they talk about, how they talk about things, if they're just blowing their own trumpet. Yep. Um, the way they talk about things you can tell pretty quickly if you're going to align with their values values yep. is probably the number one thing I take to guide my partnerships yep. on so um, I always ask things like who are they like where are you from just the classic like mahi and stuff manaki stuff mm-hmm. um, what their values are kind of what their mission is why mm. whether it's like what's their overall uh, overarching mission but also what's you know what are you up to right now what are you trying to get sure, out sure. of this interaction mm. and what are the things that you need and once we get beyond that like usually while they're talking I'm sussing them out straight away and trying to think okay does this connect where does this connect yeah stuff like that so probably like just to kind of elaborate on that a little bit what sure. would you say are some of your core values as a as a tane but also as a business owner yeah uh, it's, it's aligned really you know awesome it is it is aligned both those things are aligned it's it's about teaching about educating 
Um, so I'm in, I'm in a quite a, a, um, a small niche, right? It's just this, this digital world, right? But it's, it's, it's in a, a part where it, it's, it's not app development, it's not, it's not website development, it's, it's bringing customers together to business owners. Mm. And I find that um, educating business owners on, on how that can work and look, it's 2019, almost in 2020, a lot of business owners are not up to speed in mm. the 2020 stuff, let alone the 2015 stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and there's a lot of businesses out there that are struggling. So it comes from, um, you know, I suppose my why is, 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 is helping and educating, whether it's uh, my, uh, my, my children, uh, preparing them for the future, but also discussing how uh, a business can prepare itself for now. And for the future, because yeah. if you're not doing things now, the future is going to be uh, pretty tough. Yeah, and that totally makes sense for me as a business owner too. Like, mm. like it's nice to put stuff on social media, but man, you need sales, eh? You're, you're a business owner. You need money in the door because money's going out the door even faster. So, it's um, what you do is super important. And what I am finding in my journey is that mm. there's there are a lot of cowboys out there that will just put a they put their costume on and say this is what I do, but as far as getting results for your business, like I mean, that's your hard-earned money you're spending on that. Mm. Um, and because we still have quite a small business, um, you don't have a lot of money to throw around. So that's that's pretty awesome. Um, and then I guess I'd see how I can shape this question. Like, what do you think are some of the um, like you come here? I've already heard about why you wanted to have a court at all. What mm. would you be able to elaborate on? What are some of the things that you really need right now that you think we could help you with? Um, definitely just ha I'm all about how the journey starts mm. like because to get here would have taken a lot of blood sweat and tears yeah you know, people walk in here and go oh yeah it's a nice building some screens up here there's a bit of a microphone I walk in and I see a lot of work and like I'm always wanting to understand how that journey started mm. to kind of relate with it as well yeah. Because, you know, I've been in business that long, it's been two years. But there's so much so much you learn in like such a small amount of time, right? Mm. So I'm always keen to see how things started off, what were some of the trials and tribulations, what were the downsides. There's a lot of downsides in business. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. People just see the you know the the social media posts or the client win or mm. in my world it's it's ranking. So, you know, you've got a client on the first page of Google or you've got a client that Fifty thousand dollar deal. People see a lot of a lot of that stuff. They mm. don't they don't understand what goes in the background. Yeah, yeah. That's where the hard work is. Yeah. Um. So from today, you know, it's just understanding what their journey is. That's that's pretty much. If I can get some of that, up, I'll right? be I'll be happy. You know, yeah, um, yeah. that's 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 um that's something I'm really really looking forward to. Yeah, that's cool. You you don't have to answer this question, but yep. I feel like there's still like there's still this something deep inside of you that's like there's something about this that I want to get so you get is it just inspiration or is it like maybe this the chance of a partnership or and like I said yeah. you don't have to share it yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever yeah, yeah but just trying to like dig a little, yeah, little absolutely. bit deeper so two years ago when I thought of this idea mm. I'm not saying you stole my idea but anyway <laughs> um ideas are everywhere mate <laughs> ideas are absolutely everywhere yeah um when I two years ago I started I you know, started thinking about this idea started kind of researching it I didn't even know where to start. Yeah. Didn't even know where to start. I'm just like swimming in a massive ocean. Yeah. And then I was just like, put that on the back burner. Right. So. Yeah. So you're ready to get going in, in East Auckland maybe? Maybe. So you're like yeah, investigating maybe. a bit? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Definitely. Uh, there's, there's nothing of this kind 
anywhere around my mm. my rohe, you know, there's just I think there's a lot of potential for something like this. Yeah. Whether or not this is the final thing mm. or it could be developed into something else. Uh, I'm involved with the local marae and Ruapotaka. Um, yeah, choice. Be, but then, it, you know, then again, there's like stuff to, that we could do with rangatahi or stuff that we could do with a workshop or something something along those lines. But again, it's it's not it's not structured. Mm. You know, it's not a. So I suppose I just want to have the blueprint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have the soup kitchen at Ruapotaka. Eh? Do you guys have uh, that? Uh, like um, a community meal. Once a week. Sure. Oh. Sure one a week. of my mates runs there. I'm pretty sure they do one out there. Oh, yeah. Anyway, well, I might edit that bit out. Shame. No. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, but they do a lot. They yeah, do a yeah. lot in the community. They do do it a lot, eh? It doesn't get a lot of recognition. Um, yeah, they do a lot. Mm. They do a lot of stuff in the community. Awesome. Mm. All right, so now that I've been listening, I've been watching, um, listening to Nick, I've been looking at his body language and stuff, and my, and my impression is he's a really genuine guy. Um, pretty humble, it's pretty straight up. Um, I hate fake people, to be honest. I ha- and I'm always there's something about me that's always interested in people's motives. And if there's mm. purity in the motive, then mm. then I'm sweet as to do whatever I can to help out. And so I okay. feel positive about this interaction. Um, it makes me think. So in this and like the step of an analyzing how the court it all went and, and this person. Mm. Um, I can see that there's lots of commonalities and now I'm a little bit interested in, okay, how can we move this a little bit forward? Sure. Um, but now I guess I can take a little bit, what I do after that is I'd then share from my perspective yeah. how what you've been saying has been resonating for me. Cool. Um, and I'd usually decide now if I want to go deep in the conversation or if I just want to keep it super shallow and let's get to the end so that that person can go and I can move, carry on with my day. Um, but I guess what I'll do is I'll share a little bit of our journey we for you now, and then um, we can go. Yeah, love we can go it. from there. So I uh, try and keep it short-ish. Um, I was born and raised in Rotorua. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't quite get into university. Literally, by one percent on my um, maths was stats uh, seventh form. I can't remember what you called it back then, bursary. And so I ended up doing like a, a one-year program at what used to be called Wairiki Politic, which is now Toi Ohomai. Um, and it was like an introduction to like art and design. Mm. And the ho- it was just a whole year where you spent like two to three weeks on all these different design disciplines, mm. and which is what I loved at the time. And I had a bit of an idea that I wanted to be a graphic designer. But in part of that program, I did a graphic design um, module, and then I did a graphic design work experience, and I found it was super boring just sitting at a desk pretty much drawing up things for people um, and I also did photography as part of that and I th- I felt that I really loved it I loved the darkroom side of it as well we were still back in the film days so I then pursued a, uh, like a education in photography I did a three-year what's called an advanced diploma in, fo- in like commercial photography in Palmerston North and then that kind of brought me up to Auckland after that so I came to Auckland in 2003 to pursue my career as a as a professional photographer in the commercial advertising world. I landed a job in a professional photographic studio back then. Still working in film, we were on the cusp of digital, um, but so there was still a lot of demand for film because film still had the better quality. Um, so I was working with a lot of high-end photographers. I had won a couple of awards, so I had a little bit of a name for myself and I managed to start getting some jobs as an assistant. It's still pretty raw, like when you get into this world of advertising, there's a lot to learn. Um, so I spent about, I don't know, maybe a year and a half in that industry and, and found out pretty quickly that I didn't actually, I what I loved about photography, I think the art and the craft of it, 
it w- didn't exist in the commercial world. It was pretty cutthroat and ruthless, and there was no passion in that for me there. I ended up on this journey of youth development. Um, uh, we're volunteering as a youth leader for years and years out here in South Auckland. Um, then went on to work. I'd spent an, a year back in Rotorua, back home, and was running a youth centre there and a youth ministry down there as well. Came back to Auckland. I, I, it wasn't fast enough for me down there. And then I ended up working at Auckland Council. Um, at Auckland Council, I was helping to set up a youth centre in Mount Roskill, which is a super diverse community. If people don't know Mount Roskill, it is one of the most, if not the most, ethnically diverse community in Aotearoa. There's so many, like over half the population, and there's a population of 53,000, same size as Gizzi, yeah. um, and over half of them are born outside of New Zealand and all over the place. So that was a real interesting place to be. And over there I started working on entrepreneurial projects. We worked with a lot of um, young people that didn't have a lot. There's a lot of state housing, quite a bit of poverty, a lot of transients. So there were kids that didn't have a lot. So we just kind of would always do things in the holidays to try and help them make some cash, whether it was mowing some lawns or cooking and selling some biscuits or um, some of them started doing personal training. We set up a screen printing thing and that was printing and selling T-shirts and then we did a cafe. So we did a lot of entrepreneurial mahi with young people um, that went on to working with the community. Um, and so I worked on a lot of community development and uh, getting communities to work together so collaboration while I was at Auckland Council. And then finally, like my my love for creativity and for photography started to come back to a point where I was itching a little bit. Like mm. I felt like council was stifling my creativity and I wanted to get back out there. And so I finally took the jump 2015, uh, left my nine to five, like well enough paying job for, for where I was at in my career and started out my own business. Um, along with my best mate called Bob and Bob Creative. And so we're a creative agency based in South Auckland, um, telling stories of social, cultural and environmental impact for organisations using today's digital platforms. So I got to use my photography and develop skills in videography and stuff like that. Um, We found pretty quickly, though, that the organisations we wanted to help and that needed our help the most didn't really have the money. Um, And so there was a little bit of a, a challenge in the growth of our business um, where I could see if if I really wanted to crack it as a creative agency, I'm going to have to go more commercial. And I honestly wasn't that passionate about that. I was passionate about the stories yeah. and the impact of the kind of community development stuff I'd been doing. So through all of that, I ended up in these conversations with people I knew from my days at council, work that were based out here in South Auckland, about this idea of a, a shared working space, um, the fact that the support as an entrepreneur based in South Auckland, there wasn't a lot of support, and the support that was there was really disjointed, it was all over the place, there was no one place you knew you could go to see other people like you, yeah. um, and Council, the Southern Initiative team had been working on a project like that, um, so we ended up, they ended up pulling me into their discussions and started to design this concept that we're sitting in right now. So that started in, what are we, probably 2017, end of 2017, uh, into 2018, then um, Auckland Council got together the funding that they needed to set the project up, and they put um, they put a little bit of a firewall there. They like kind of just chopped us out, and we're like, now you have to go through the normal council process, a uh, procurement process, and go through all the go through this system. That was the part where probably the the tears started. <laughs> um, so why, that was a long process. Why, why did it have to go back through the other way? 
Oh, I think it's part of the way that council handles manages their risk. Sure. Um, so they have to be shown to be, I guess, fair, um, and to choose the best person for the or the best organisation for the initiative. Mm. Um, I talked quite quite honestly about that at our launch. Uh, in front of the mayor to a point where he actually came up to me afterwards and explained to me <laughs> to my face why they have to be so rigid. Yeah. So it was a painful process because mm. we it was just me and Mal. Essentially, it was just me going through this humongous council process, and they have like lawyers and like ten staff and blah 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 blah. It was it was crushing, man. And they also pitted us up against other organisations in South Auckland, which I don't think was a very good move. Because those relationships are quite, they're still strained even now. So there were others that were obviously going after the same putia yeah, for yeah, other things. Yeah. Same all thing. The same thing. Yeah, all for the same thing. Okay. Um, so anyway, so that was how Tehao Manuko was born. So that was uh, the brand that that Auckland Council put on this initiative. So there's the Southern Initiative. Do you are you familiar with them? I am now because I yeah. researched you. <laughs> yeah. So they're part of Auckland Council and then ATED through Great Auckland and then Panaku Development. So that's their project. Mm-hmm. Then we got chosen to be the operating partners. Yep. Um, and in order for to do that, we in our business case said that we would bring 150k with us to help set this project up. Okay. We don't quite get to that 150k. But we brought 90 with us, which for me, the biggest thing I've ever had to do. To put my neck on the line, wow. my b- business before that, I bootstrapped from from nothing. Like I didn't have anything. I worked at home. Blah 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 blah. So personally, a lot of growth, mm-hmm. a lot of development, a lot of really sleepless nights, a lot of confronting some of my demons and my my limiting mindsets to get to a point where I can say I can do this. I can like step up. I can make this work. Um, so then we opened. We signed the contract maybe about August last year, two thousand and eighteen. And then open the doors in September. It was a pretty quick turnaround. And then where are we now? October, mm. uh, 12, uh, 13 months later, we're here right now. So that's kind of, there's a whole wow. lot more in between there, but I feel like that's a that's a cool piece of the journey. That's huge. Yeah. It's huge for such a short, such a short amount of time, mm. what you guys have accomplished, particularly going through council. Yeah, yeah. And there's pros and cons to partnering with council. Mm. Like there's... The cons are just how they're like a big sloth, eh? <laughs> they're so slow. They're so like mm. have to check everything. Um, but there are pros to being associated with a brand like that, and sure. there are like there. We wouldn't be in this position straight up if it wasn't for the Southern Initiative. Like they really challenge the way that council um, chooses their the people that they partner with. Because mm. like I said before, we didn't actually have anything to bring to the table, but they still chose to go with us and they still kind of, to some degree, absorbed that risk. What do you think were some of the things that made them made them choose you over others? Um, I mean, you can't deny the fact that we actually helped design it. Like, sure. yeah, we went through <laughs> the process beforehand and yeah. we, we designed what we thought was best for South Auckland. So then when I tendered for it, or it's not even tender, when I put my proposal in, it was like a 100% match. Mm-mm. I mean, and this is my version, they haven't said that. And I think the way that the, the other organisations were looking at it was more reflective of what they do. But because we had already decided how we wanted it to work, yeah, I think I definitely had the inside the inside word oh, on it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the corridor that, that would have started right in the beginning, uh, and, and you may have already explained this, but I may have missed it, was you 
you guys went to council or they came to you? It was a funny little one. I actually did go to um, the director of TSI, who I had a bit of a tuakana relationship with. Um, just in general, she had been one of the people instrumental in hiring me in one of my roles in Auckland Council earlier, so I already sure. knew her. I had been going to her as I was building my business, and, t- and she had always been an advocate for the mahi I'd been working on. Um, and so... I had an idea for a shared working space based a little bit on the outskirts of Monaco, but I needed a decent, like I pretty much needed a good contract to give me the confidence to take on a lease. Mm. So I went to her for this contract and she actually laughed at me. <laughs> so I have my God laughed out of the room story as an entrepreneur. And it was literally, it was actually as I was waiting for that meeting, I was sitting in the coffee room at council and one of the bros that I knew came over and was like, what do you think about this idea? And he was telling me about this makerspace idea that he was working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makerspace idea and my like shared space idea kind of like developed at the same time and then they interconnected. I think because we'd had that discussion, he was like pulling me into the meetings as it developed. Yeah. Mm. So timing, eh? Timing is a... Is a pretty magic thing. Timing and I suppose some connections as well. Yeah. Because you know there'll be there'll be others listening to this who don't have those connections. That's true. But they'll have ideas. They'll have passion. They want to do the mahi, mm. but they just don't know where to start. Just take our advice from this podcast. Yeah. How do you gotta you gotta build good relationships. Mm. It's so key. Mm. It's who you know. It's it's also who knows you, mm. um, and what they think about you. And it starts like this, first interactions, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I just that was a pretty deep share. I could have gone even share. deeper. And we can talk Please. we can talk more about it, but let's wrap this up because it's already yeah. twenty six minutes. All right. No one likes like nah. oh no, people like long podcasts or whatever, but but we'll wrap it up. But um then the last thing to do sure. after you've done that is to find some actions. Like what's next? What's the next step? We've had a court it all, we've talked about um I've heard about what what you're up to, what mm. I I've told you about what I'm up to. Mm. I mean, we're not. I don't know if we're at this point right now, mm. but finding some action. It might just be like, let's keep talking. Yeah. I mean, yesterday I had a hui with some guys about our creative studio that we're that we're building. Some of those guys I've been talking to about this concept for like two years. Yep. So, and we still don't even have a real like concrete, um, like roles for each person. But there's just this knowledge around the table. There's six of us that everyone wants to be there, and and we'll just keep chipping away until we can find. Yeah. Yeah. Find where we hit the ground. No, definitely. Yeah. And so I mean I would say like for me next steps right now, I'm gonna probably gonna turn the mic off and talk to you a little bit more about what we're up to. Cool. Um and then go from there. I think I'm probably gonna try and um get some advice from you around the digital marketing that we're doing. Um I'm an open book. Yeah. And, and then if I, can, if I, I might can even help. yeah. If I can help I can, I help. If I can't help, I know people that can help. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And because I'm in the position right now where I need to increase our customer base, um, I might even you know start scoping you as a potential um, contractor that we could bring on board. Um, that's kind of the steps that I'm thinking in my head. What you got any steps you're thinking in your head? No, not yet. No, not yet. You know, I I, I come to these things uh, with no uh, agenda, mm. just to be an open book. And if anything comes of it, something comes of it. Yeah. Um, if not. That's cool, that's because cool too, because eh? you know, 
you've been speaking to someone for two years about a concept that hasn't even c- come to fruition yet. Mm. This could be the first step in a two, three, four, five. You know, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at the long game. Yeah, definitely looking at the long game. Yeah. Um, could you say with confidence right now though that you'd want to keep meeting up? Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Why not? Cool. That, I mean, Unless that's an that, action that's in okay, itself. That's okay with you. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're, yeah. you're busy. <laughs> I'm trying to like shape this conversation where people can read our minds. Normally, I wouldn't be like, I yeah, wouldn't yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say that. I'd just keep that to myself and be like, oh, so this is going a little bit more. See if he can maybe help me with my, with my business. Um, my business. Hey, I'm here to help first and foremost. Outcome, so you know what? I'm here to help first and foremost. Yeah, um, mean. I work pretty quick. Yeah. So if there's things that I, I feel that I could add value to that isn't going to be, you know, not take away too much of my time or maybe I can hook you into someone that would be better at doing whatever it is than what I, than what I do. I'm, I do that all day long as well, you know. I yeah. hook, hook people up with other, other entrepreneurs that can do a better job than me. Okay, what's your one top tip for small business owners who need to increase their customer base and they're not using digital at all? Just one? One tip, yeah. First thing they need to do. Um, get, some cla- get some clarity. Sit down with someone that knows their, that knows the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And just get clarity. Um, might cost them some money to have that corridor. Uh, it might be for free, but I always find that if you're going to invest some putia in something, it's a much better kind of... Um, relationship mm. because you've invested whether it's just a hundred bucks mm. or 150 dollars or whatever yeah then um i always feel like the the person receiving the money is going to be giving you more than just buying a coffee just a coffee's worth a eh? three yeah. bucks worth yeah. so and uh another advice to all your business owners that if you just buy a coffee for someone they're probably not going to give you all the information that you're looking for yeah right so just get clarity eh? just be like um actually no you know before that um, understand that you actually need help because mm. everyone wants to do everything themselves. Yeah. Everyone's a control freak. They want to do the books and they want to do the marketing and they want to do the freaking plumbing and they want to do, you know, they're, <laughs> they're just like, oh, I've got to do everything myself. Oh, they're saving money. <laughs> With this stuff, when you spend money, you make money. Yeah. That's the yeah, difference. So I, I understand you want to mow the lawn yourself, but yeah. if, you, if you were to give someone $20 or $30 a week to mow the lawn, that's an hour of your time back, so you're investing in yourself again. Yeah. So, yeah, before getting clarity, understand that you need some help. Me. I know. I love it. All right, well, thanks for coming along, Nick. It was a choice to meet you. We're going to continue this corridor offline. Um, but here's a little shout-out from um, Bex to let you know how you can come and use our space. Looking for a cool space to work or a legit venue for your next event? Everything you need is here at Te Hao Monaco. Located in the heart of Monaco City, a hop, skip and a jump from the Monaco bus and train station. We've got super fast Wi-Fi, coffee machine, great people and an awesome vibe. Book online at www.teha.nz. Let's go to Teha or Monaco. Thanks so much for listening in. We hope you enjoyed it. We'd love to hear back from you. So why don't you connect with us, look for us, Ngahere Communities, on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on Ngahere Talks. Kia pai tora.